This is the Building Management Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. As people become more comfortable in the home building automation space, they want to be able to take this commercial as well. We're starting to ask that question, where is my water coming from and what's the quality of it? While we are not recession-proof, it is a recession-insulated industry, so that regardless of the ups and downs in the stock market, if these manufacturers, these plants, and these entities want to stay open, they need water. Renovations complete. Let's enter the building. Welcome to the Building Management Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Sam Mosier. Retirement age is making its way through the baby boomer generation. NPR reports that 10,000 baby boomers retire every day. This silver tsunami of retirement, as it's called, is proving to be a problem for the skilled trade job market, as there simply aren't enough workers. Joining us today to talk about today's labor shortage in the skilled trade workforce is Greg Crumpton, Vice President of Critical Facilities at ServiceLogic, the largest privately owned HVAC and mechanical services company in the U.S. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, Sam. I appreciate your time today and look forward to uh, talking about this topic. It's uh, one that's near and dear to my heart and I look forward to uh, digging in with you. I'm excited to talk to you as well. So like you said, it's near and dear to your heart. And before we start talking about this need for a new wave of skilled workers, I think it's important for everyone to appreciate your expertise gained from your career. So how did you get into your line of work? Well, I I tell people that I'm the the most experienced 54-year-old guy is uh, that there is out there because uh, I'm a second-generation air conditioning guy in that my father worked for a very large mechanical service company in Atlanta, Georgia for many years before he passed. Uh, and I kind of grew up in that industry and uh, have been fortunate and, and worked for some really great companies. Uh, came through the, the different steps of the different companies and learning the business portion as well as the mechanical and the technical portions of each company. Uh, and then 1999, my wife and I started a company uh, based on a need that we saw in Charlotte, North Carolina for a very customer-centric focused service business. And we began our company in 99, August of 99. And uh, we ran that company for 14 years. And uh, as you mentioned in my introduction, uh, I work with ServiceVogic and ServiceLogic acquired Airtight, my old company, uh, back in uh, 2014. So uh, I'm, I'm not with my old company day to day, but I am still with them uh, in body and, and, and sometimes in body, but mostly in spirit. So safe to say you're an industry veteran, but today, as mentioned earlier, the skilled trade workforce is experiencing this labor shortage from what some call the silver tsunami or this wave of retirement coming from the baby boomer generation and it's left a shortage in skilled trade workers. So for some context, in a 2016 to 2017 survey, global staffing firm Manpower Group reported that skilled trade vacancies are the hardest jobs to fill in the U.S. So from what you've seen, how has this shortage affected the industry? Well, I I think, Sam, if you back up to the NPR numbers that you quoted uh, uh, early on in this conversation, uh, 10,000 baby boomers a day. Um, I was born in 1964 which is the last year of the baby boomer uh, official, you know, period of time. 
So if you take 10,000 people a day times 13 years, that is 47,450,000 people that are going to be retiring in the next. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's amazing when you look at that number uh, in the next 13 years. Now, if you look at uh, what percentage of those people are in the skilled trades industry, and I'm talking uh, HVAC, I'm talking plumbing, I'm talking electrician, fire suppression, carpenter, you know, people out there with big, you know, dirty fingernails like like I grew up with. That's a lot of people, even if it's 5% of that population. So if you take, uh, you know, you're, you're still talking about millions of people uh, and how we're seeing that manifest itself is that the companies that service Logic owned and they're owns, they're, they're, we're close to 30 companies uh, that employ these skilled craftsmen in HVAC, sheet metal, plumbing, welding, the, that, that discipline of the trade. Uh, we're finding it uh, difficult in most, not all, but most areas to have enough labor force in the local market to pull from to keep our company staffed at 100%. Now, we are working hard through different uh, initiatives, whether it be training, um, whether it be learning how to take a, a pipe fitter and make him a refrigeration specialist, whatever our unique formula works for each, you know, in each and every city, uh, it's still something that, that's on the four, four uh head of every president and every general manager we have is, is, is making sure that we have adequate workforce. And, uh, you know, that part of our plan is how are we going to ensure the next 15 years that there is that funnel of young talent replacing uh, the, the fellows and the ladies that are retiring. In addition to this silver tsunami going, I was reading about skilled trade just as a whole leans older. I was reading about the demographics online. According to the study from Economic Modeling Specialists International, over half of the U.S. skilled trade workforce is over 45 years old. Was this older demographic well known in the industry? Was the silver tsunami expected? No, I, I think um, I think it's been known. I think it, like a lot of stuff, it has to get to a certain level of criticality. Uh, before it becomes part of your strategic planning and, and you know, putting enough uh, mind share towards solving the problem. We're a little bit younger than the industry average, which we were pleasantly uh, pleased to hear. You know, when we employ about 2,000 skilled workers, um, and if, if you just look at that, how we're going about solving the problem, maybe other people are going about it in a different manner, because they may be slightly older, so they're having to react a little, little bit more quickly, or there may be a younger workforce out there, and, and, and that uh, a lot of that is, is geographic uh, dictated. Um, we just happen to live, and uh, the bulk of our work uh, is in about 26 states. So how we're spread out, we're fortunate that we're just a little bit, uh, a little bit younger than the average, but, uh, yeah, it, it's real. Um, it, it did not sneak up on us as much as it was. We, we saw it coming and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger in the rearview mirror to the point where you have to engage and act upon it. I see. And like you said earlier, now that we're at this point of criticality, what is the strategy going forward for hiring a new generation of workers? How do you go about doing that? Well, uh, yeah, obviously, if I had the secret formula, you and I probably wouldn't be talking. Um, <laughs> but I, I think given that 
you know, we, we are human and, and we are trying to solve human problems. Um, we are going about it in a way of ensuring that, first of all, we're retaining the people that we currently employ. And we do that through a really good benefits package. We do that through the, the opportunity to grow and expand within the industry and making sure that we're promoting from within. Those are the big keys for us as, a, as our existing companies are. Now, um, I was on the phone yesterday with one of our groups. They're actually located in the Southeast, and they were at a high school doing a job there to help colleges and community colleges recruit into the uh, community college skilled programs so that, okay, you go to school, uh, we have some scholarship money available where we actually educate uh, our people and, um, you know, through a community college and then they come into our company and that's our non-union uh, companies. And then the other half of our company is unionized. Um, so they go through a traditional union apprenticeship and they're able to go to school. Um, but if you look, if you look at the broad scale, what we're, able to do is to give a young person the opportunity to learn a trade and come out of school at two years, three years, four years, depending on how deep they're willing to go from an AS all the way through a BS degree, they can come out, make $75,000 a year with no debt. And um, we're really promoting that opportunity to recruit the younger workforce. Now, that you know, is, is a is a commitment because a lot of people, you know, that enjoy working with their hands or enjoy the technology side of things aren't necessarily academically uh, engaged to want to go to school. But if you can show the reward for learning this trade properly and not, you know, just because somebody's father showed them how to do some things, but learning electricity, learning the refrigeration cycle, learning things in a professional setting and applying them in a professional setting. I think we're really able to raise the bar and show people a, a career path that uh, allows them to provide well, uh, you know, for a, a whole lifestyle and, and for their whole career. Absolutely. Well, as I knew a younger generation would be needed to help fill this labor shortage, I was reading about college tuition trends. The traditional path for students to take after high school is college, but of course, college tuition is more expensive than ever. CNBC reported that the average four-year tuition is three times greater today than 30 years ago, and that's adjusted for inflation. So I'm sure that helps in your pitch to younger people about the benefits of going into a skilled trade. You know, it really does, Sam. Um, and you know, I would say one step further than that, we're, we're able to connect uh, a lot of times with uh, the families of these young people, and we're able to talk to the parents or the, the uncle or the aunt who may have a nephew or a son or a daughter who, you know, they just don't feel like they want to go to college. And we're able to, to, you know, when we hear about those cases, really, we swoop in pretty quickly and try to show them a, a path um, in the trades as opposed to going to school for four years because um, it sounds like you've been reading a lot lately. So um, I'm, I'm sure you have also read that there's a tremendous amount of people who have a four-year or two-year degree who simply can't get a job, uh, especially in the area of expertise that they studied in. So we're able to not only 
educate these folks, but we're able to help them apply what they actually learn in school as opposed to just having this random degree in, you know, uh, the history of Mozambique. Uh, <laughs> we're actually able to give them something that uh, that's applicable to their daily life and that they can really help them uh, with, with a whole career. And, you know, you, I, you and I haven't met in person, but you sound like a relatively young man. And if you think about uh, your retirement age, that's a long ways away. So if, if uh, you've got to do something for the next 50 years, you need to really be good at it for one and, and really have a passion for it or, or either get started on a path and figure out what's next. And, you know, the skilled trades really can do that. Um, we have some cases where uh, a young person may start out in an HVAC uh, track and they're really doing well, but then they learn about digital and automated controls, the, the, the computer, uh, computer operated controls that affect the, the schedule and the temperature and the overall running of the equipment, cooling and heating the building. And maybe that's a track that they want to go pursue. So, you know, getting them involved and then the world kind of opens up into, okay, I'm going through a relatively narrow tunnel, which I think is HVAC or electrical or welding. But then once you get in and immerse, you really see a lot of different avenues that, that you can specialize in. Well, that idea of this track and branching paths of job opportunities, that's really exciting, especially because earlier you hit the nail right on the head with me and my peers that job security is a big concern. These days, automation is practically inevitable. And when we were deciding our career path, the question was, will this job be needed by humans in 20 years? And like you said, we'll be working a lot longer than that. So how does skilled trade fit into this topic of job security and if it will be needed years down the line? You know, that's a, that's a really good question. So our, our industry, and I, when I say our industry, I'm mainly talking about the HVAC and mechanical worlds, although the electrical, plumbing, welding, all of those are guys are kind of, and gals are kind of, you know, around that little orb of my world of HVAC. But if you think about, I, I was actually uh, uh, driving uh, through one of the up and, and revitalized areas yesterday near where I live, and I saw like eight buildings being built along this major corridor. And I thought, you know, how, how things have changed in building a building and building a sustainable building and the things that you can't replace with uh, artificial intelligence or you can't robot uh, replace that worker with a robot. Are there uh, skills that will re be replaced? There absolutely are. There's, I mean, I've seen on Cheddar uh, videos of robots laying brick. So I know the possibilities are out there, but there's always going to be a need for human shelter. And if you think about what shelter requires is, is air, it's uh, a warm place to sleep, a cool place to sleep nowadays because the windows simply don't open in buildings. Uh, you've got to have electrical, you've got to have uh, cabling uh, for uh, the internet of things, the, the industrial internet of things. So there, there's just a inherent job security built in to these, these hardware-based services that we provide. Um, 
people are simply not going to go back to not having high quality Wi-Fi or not having electricity or not having comfort uh, in their in their conditioned living spaces. So it's recession proof. Uh, we find that the you know if, if if you look at the the revenues of our companies and how they do in the boom and then how they react to recessionary periods. Um, we do well because we're still servicing and maintaining that equipment that gets put in during the boom times. You have to live with it. So by having those skills that are able to maintain and repair and, re and, and rebuild versus new, building new facilities is just as vital. So we feel really good that it's a, a long-term sustainable career. Well, that's good to hear. I know for me and my peers, we certainly love hearing things like recession-proof and always going to have a need for human labor. That's a good thing to hear when looking for jobs. So before you go with our conversation about filling the holes left by the silver tsunami, what advice do you have from your time at ServiceLogic and hiring new people? What should other people in the industry with the shortage problem know going forward? I think it's about uh, being really open-minded as to who we are recruiting. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier the young people that we work on, but there are also a, 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 a I don't know what the right word is, a, a pool or a big slug of people that are looking to change careers. Maybe they're 42, 44, 45 years old who worked for XYZ and XYZ decided they're going to move their operations to, you know, China or wherever. And there's a lot of skilled people Maybe they're not skilled at air conditioning, but maybe they're skilled at building components in a factory. And a lot of those skills can carry over. So, you know, I would say just be open-minded about people who are in career transitions and how their past uh, working experience can apply to what you would like them to learn how to do. And you may really find that the learning curve of those more seasoned folks with a working history and, you know, quite honestly, uh, you know, the need to work because they have bills and they have a family to support. Those people tend to get after it and work pretty hard. So I would just, you know, be open-minded about the recruitment process, um, whether it be, like I, I just said, the transitional worker, uh, the, the returning military vet, uh, as well as the young folks who are not really sure whether they want to go to college or they've gone to college and they can't find the right fit for them, you know, maybe they find that pair of Carhartt jeans does fit them after all. <laughs> I like that. Like you said, there's more places to look than it might seem at first glance. Not only is there the young generation coming out of high school and wondering what to do next, but there's military veterans coming home and other industries closing. But as the saying goes, when one door closes, another door opens. I think that's reassuring to hear in this case for filling that shortage of skilled trade workers. Totally agree. And I think, um, you know, we, we've got a, a, a great country and a great opportunity to keep things moving in a positive way. And, you know, when sometimes we just have to get a little bit uh, creative of how we're going to, to fill a gap of any of any means. But, uh, you know, these the Americans are gritty. We always try to, to figure out a way to get things done. and, and uh, Thus far, uh, we've done pretty well at that. I like the sound of that. Well, Greg, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Sam, thanks so much, and I, I hope you have a great weekend. I look forward to talking to you soon. 
Thank you, and I hope you do the same. And thank you, everyone, for listening to today's Building Management Podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can go to marketscale.com industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Sam Mosier. Thank you for listening.